This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers, your personal career coach on SiriusXM Business Radio, Channel 132. Hey, every week we are live on Thursdays, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So if it's Thursday, you can call us right this second at 844-942-7866. I'm Dr. Dawn Graham, and in my day job, I lead career coaching for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. Dana Cash and Dion Simpkins are in the house, always making this show run smoothly and making it more fun. So let's kick off with some current news from the World Economic Forum. In the next three years, the jobs in the highest demand will be, think you can guess, Dion? In the next three years? Mm-hmm. Highest um, demand, most is, urgent. It's definitely going to be tech, something tech-related. Yeah, that's that's not the first one, though. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um. So the the first one isn't tech related. Nope. Really? Yeah. Um, this is what surprised me, which is why I'm. I'm, I'm going to say teachers. Nope. Thirty seven percent of jobs will be in the care economy. So in healthcare, of course, we know every job has tech in it. So you're not going to get away from tech. But yeah, in second, sixteen percent in data and AI, twelve percent engineering and cloud computing. So if you are thinking of reskilling, if you are thinking of returning to school, if you're thinking, hmm, where do I want to take my career in the next few years? These would be a great place to go if you are looking to do something different. Hey, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. And guess what? Today, it's Resumania. Resumania. What do I mean by this? Well, here's the deal. Resumes have been around forever. And even though we've been told that they're going to be overtaken by personal websites, SlideShare, digital resumes, and all of these other fancy types of documents, they haven't. Resumes still exist, but what has changed is they are no longer historical accounts of everything that you've done in your career. No hiring manager is going to spend time looking at everything you've done and try and figure out where you fit. So if you still have a resume that goes back further than 15 to 20 years, includes everything you've ever done in an effort to show that you're adaptable and agile, you may be sending the wrong message. What hiring managers want today are targeted resumes. They will spend four to six seconds, four to six seconds, very, very little amount of time making a determination if they want to read further or if they're going to put you in the circular file. Four to six seconds is a very short time. And if what they are looking for is not front and center on that document, you're going to be put aside and the next resume is going to be read. So how do you do that? How do you figure out what that person wants to see in those four to six seconds? Well, that's what we're here to talk about today on Dr. Dawn on Career. So if it's been a while, 
since you've done your resume or if you still have old jobs or maybe you haven't added your newest job yet, you always want to have that resume up to date and targeted towards the industry you're going for. Same thing applies to LinkedIn. I kind of put these together because more often than not, the first introduction somebody's going to get to you, whether in a job search or whether in a networking situation or you just meet somebody at a social event, is going to be through social media. So LinkedIn is obviously the professional website where people are going to find you. So if your LinkedIn has not been tended to, guess what? That's really obvious. People can tell very quickly if your resume and LinkedIn have not been updated. So here's a couple of things for LinkedIn um, that you may want to take a look at. Do you have at least 500 contacts? And the reason I use 500 is because that's the cutoff where LinkedIn doesn't add to your counter anymore. But the reason that's important is because if you have fewer than 500, people will assume you're not like using LinkedIn. And so that's a negative sign when somebody's looking at it. If you don't have an updated headshot, that could be another sign. Or if your headshot is very casual or has other people in it, again, you want this to be the first introduction and the first impression that is going to have people reach out to you. 844-942-7866. If you've not tended to your LinkedIn or some of the things I'm saying, are making you scratch your head and you're not sure why. And if you're ready to make those changes to your documents, call me. I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you how you can make your resume or LinkedIn profile not only reflect your personal brand, but have people start reaching out to you to hire you. 844-942-7866. It's Resumania here on Dr. Dawn on Careers all hour long, Sirius XM 132. Here's a new trend that people are not aware of that I think if you are a professional and plan to be working for any length of time, you need to know about. It's called passive hiring. And if you're not sure what this is, I'm going to tell you. So what more and more recruiters, employers, headhunters and companies are doing is they're realizing how costly it can be to put an ad out on the internet and get thousands of resumes, have to weed through those, have to go through numerous interviews to get to that one candidate. It's time consuming, it's expensive, and they've realized with the uprise in social media, particularly in the hiring case, LinkedIn, they can find you. They can find you, and it takes a lot less time to find candidates, and we call them passive candidates because presumably these candidates are not necessarily in a job search, not necessarily applying, um, but they're getting reached out to by employers and recruiters and headhunters because their profile reflects something that that employer needs. And this is how more and more companies are going about the hiring process, which you need to know because If you're thinking about a job, if you're only doing what I call a reactive job search, so if you're only thinking about, I'm going to apply to what's posted on the internet, then you are only doing half of a job search. And I would even venture to say, because of the nature of online postings, you're not even doing half a job search. So you need to position yourself as somebody who has marketable skills and is employable so that 
people who are looking in these companies find you. If you're not getting calls based on your LinkedIn profile or if you're not getting calls for the types of job you're looking for, maybe you're looking to switch industries, maybe you're looking to make a a functional change. So if you keep getting calls from headhunters who are looking at what you're doing now, but you want them to be looking at what you're you're looking to do, you have to have an aspirational LinkedIn profile, which means that you have to speak to what you want to do so that headhunters reach out to you for those jobs. Not sure how to do that? Well, you're in you're in a in a popular pool because a lot of people aren't sure how to do that. But there's ways to do that that actually will help you promote an aspirational brand while also being genuine and showing skills that are going to be very marketable. If you want to learn how, are you thinking about a career switch, give us a call. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. All hour long, if it's Thursday noon Eastern, we are taking your calls right now. So Dana, I think we had a mailbag come in um, that we wanted to talk about on air. So should we do that now? That's just give me one second. So while Dana's looking that up, I have an exciting opportunity, but today is the last day. So if you're listening, guess what? SiriusXM is giving our subscribers the chance to win an opportunity to go to Miami, Florida for Super Bowl 54. Yep, you heard that right. SiriusXM is giving one grand prize winner a trip for two, including airfare, four nights, hotel stay, and two tickets to Super Bowl 54 on February 2nd in Miami, Florida. So if you're a football fan, this is the ultimate prize. Obviously, you don't have to purchase anything, but if you want to enter and see the official rules, you can go to SiriusXM.com slash Super Bowl 54 today to register for that. Hey, Super Bowl 54. Dion, did you register? You can't because you're SiriusXM. Yeah, I work here. That's that's not a thing. Oh, bummer. Yeah, that's, that's like a legal thing. Oh, oh well. well. So there's one less person <laughs> who's in the pool. <laughs> one less person that can go. <laughs> so your chances just went up there. Positive spin. Yeah, positive spin. Hey, you're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers, 844-942-7866. We are talking resumania. What does that mean? We are talking about your resume. It's 2020. Things have changed. So if you've not been at a job search for a while or maybe you're thinking about it but haven't updated your resume. Here's the thing. A lot of people think they have a great resume, but if you haven't had a career professional or someone in HR, recruiting, or hiring manager look at it, there may be things that are subtle that are sending the wrong message and you want to take off. So what are some of those things? Well, a lot of people put on, for example, hobbies. And the reason for that that I get a lot is well that shows that I'm I'm I have diverse interests and I have uh you know all of these things that that might be in common with the hiring manager and sure those might be true but if that's taking space away from something that is aligned with the job then it may not be the best use of space because on a resume you don't want the good stuff to get lost in the great stuff. Um, you want the great stuff to, to actually, I've said that backwards. You don't want the great stuff to get lost in the good stuff is what I meant to say. Um, you want that aligned matching information for what will solve the hiring manager's problem to be front and center. And if you put too much fluff in there, 
they may get drawn to that and that may be what they spend their four to six seconds on. And that isn't great for you as a job seeker and it's not great for your chances of getting that job. Hey, 844-942-7866, you're listening to Dr. Dawn on careers. And if your hobbies are things like won an Olympic gold medal or did three Ironmans or something that has a quantifiable achievement, those can be great to put on your resume. But if it's something like likes playing piano or enjoys travel, those things might be better off put on your LinkedIn profile or even brought up in a, in a discussion when you're in an interview because those things aren't adding to what makes your resume great. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. We're going to go to Chris in North Carolina. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Chris? Hi, Dr. Dawn. Enjoy the show. Thanks for the valued input for the things we need to hear. Um, I'm 64, and I'm perfectly happy, resigned to the notion that I'm going to freelance for the rest of my work years going forward. Um. Do I come right out and say that? Do I post that in the LinkedIn and the resume? Or do we just kind of stumble upon that after they realize how old I am? So are you are you freelancing because that's a choice? Or are you freelancing because you feel like that's a have-to, Chris? Uh, both. Good question. <laughs> I, think both, I think both is the answer. So here's the deal. I mean, freelance is is one of those things that's on the rise. So obviously, gig economy, side hustle, whatever you want to call it, portfolio, career. So you're going to have a lot more opportunities than, say, you might have two decades ago. So that's that's a good thing because with that comes the opportunity to work more or work less when you want to do that. But I'm always interested if people make that choice or they feel like that's a have to. So what is your industry, Chris? So I help investors invest in governments, and private investors invest in infrastructure. And and um, how are you getting your clients right now? So word of mouth, um, past past relationships, um, sub consulting to current consultants, so forth and so on. But I I'd like to have a more direct approach to the folks who are hiring the consultants. That makes sense. Yeah. So what I would recommend in terms of your LinkedIn profile, your question was, should I put this on my LinkedIn profile? I think in some cases it, it can be used differently. So it's it's you're the company in, in essence, Chris. You're the, If you are the product, in this case, as a freelancer, I think you should think about creating your profile with that as the main priority. So, so that said, obviously, you being the product, it's still going to be about you. But I do think that putting in your summary or about section, you don't have to use the word freelancer, but you can you can talk about yourself as a consultant, or you can talk about yourself, um, you know, being available for projects and be specific about those projects because I think it can be actually very useful because employers now are actually hiring more project based individuals. We're seeing a shift into hiring for the project versus for a headcount position. So I think you might actually benefit if that's what you want to do, if you want to keep yourself more of a um, freelancer than a direct employee. People will reach out because they recognize that you can help them with a specific project. Now, you have to be very specific about what you help with. Sometimes when people go the freelance route, they worry a little bit about, will I get enough business? Will I have enough 
clients coming in and that's when they tend to go very broad in their LinkedIn profile or their resume and they tend to be want to be everything to everybody and think about it I know I'm going to age myself a little bit but when you if you were going to buy a TV and a DVD player and you know would you get one that's combined or would you get individual ones to get the best that you can get most people would have gotten individual ones because when you start to do combos you sort of dilute the brand you can't be great at everything so I think one of the things that will be really important for you is to be very specific about what you help with, what value you add, and what specific customer you help do that with. Because people want to hire an expert in what their field is. They don't want to hire a, you know, I can do it all. Because the fact is, their assumption is going to be that, well, if you can do it all, you're probably not an expert in anything. So how, how do you feel about how targeted your LinkedIn is? So I appreciate your comments and advice. Um, I, I'm, my response actually is that I've, I've thought in the past, the more recent past, that I maybe have been a little too specific. So I agree with entirely with what you're saying, and that's for that reason I wanted to pinpoint my exact value um, to the hirees, the hirers. So tell me about that, Chris. Um, tell me, tell me that. Oh, but, I, but I actually, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think, I think, I do think the industry's big enough that it was, that it's okay for me in this case to be be specific. So I'm, prob- I'm probably not ruling myself out to other opportunities. If say another a client a client in another industry picks up on my skills skill set, which is something I probably wouldn't want to do anyway. I wouldn't want to jump to another industry. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think you're right that um, there there are cases where the industry is very, very small and, and niche and there's just not enough customers. But in what you're talking about, it doesn't sound like that's the case. And I think when you go too broad, that's exactly what happens is that either one, you end up doing work that really doesn't excite you. So you're like, yeah, I can make a few bucks off this, but this isn't really what I want to be doing. Or you dilute your brand. So, so so you can't take on those projects that really are in your wheelhouse because you've committed to something that was kind of meh over there. So I do think when you are a freelancer, it can take some time. But you want to build a reputation when someone says, hey, I need X. They're like, ah, Chris is the guy. Chris is the guy. He's this is this is what he does. And you want to make sure that your contacts are looking at you as that guy versus, yeah, Chris, Chris could probably do that. You know, that's a very different response. Chris is the guy versus, oh, yeah, Chris could probably do that. Do you, do you hear the difference? Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah, I have one last I have one last related question and I'll and I'll drop off. So um, aptly stated by you, you mentioned that LinkedIn provides a kind of avenue for clients to pick up folks for projects. And I've noticed recently, actually, that LinkedIn asks you to click a few things to, to, in, to indicate that you are available on those kinds of arrangements. Do you, happen, do you have the opinion that that is actually working? Is the software working and people on the other end who are hiring actually go to that space and say, all right, I know that LinkedIn has these folks grouped by freelance, for example, and I'm going to go right to that pile. That, 
that pipeline of, of candidates. Yeah, so... So here's the thing. It depends on a couple of things. So one, LinkedIn is always, as you probably know if you're an avid user, adding features, trying them out, deleting features, changing features. And so in part, it depends on what the person searching for selects. So somebody who's doing a search on LinkedIn can pick a lot of different categories to search on. Some search on title, some search on keywords, some search on um, level, geography. So it really depends on the person who's who's doing the search if they're selecting on that. Um, are, do you have a premium account? I do. Yeah, so one of the things I recommend, because in, in general, one of the the ways to answer this question is if you have a premium account, um, in general, you're going to come up on more searches and you're going to come up higher on the list. It's just one of the things that works. So if somebody's out there and they're thinking, should I get a premium account? If you have your own business like you do, um, or if you are in a job search, I think that is one of the things that really helps. The other thing that really helps in searches is if you're connected to people who are connected to what you're looking for. Meaning if you know that there's certain industries, certain companies, certain titles that are, are going to be the ones that that you want to relate to, then it would be in your best interest to make as many connections in those companies or in those industries as you can, because you will become, um, you know, at the top of the searches just for sheer fact that you're first or second level contact of those people. So there are certain things that really do help, regardless of what the person selects. So I would definitely be doing those things on LinkedIn, Chris. Thank you so much for this, Doctor, and thank you for your show. Yeah, thank you for giving us a call, Chris. This is what we're here for every week. We wish you the best of luck in your freelance opportunities out there. And hey, 844-942-7866, have you ever wanted your own personal career coach? Do you have a question that you're thinking, I don't even know if I should call in about this. It's so specific. That's what we're here for. There's a lot of fantastic advice out there on the internet, a lot. And I put a lot out there. If you go to my website, Dr. Dawn on Careers, I have tons of free articles, worksheets, videos, all of that stuff. But sometimes, sometimes you just have a question that's really specific that you can't find the answer to or those articles just don't do justice. And that's what we're here for. 844-942-7866. If you have a question about your career, your resume, your job search, something's not working for you. Maybe you're torn between two different things and you're just not sure which way to go. Why not talk it out? That's what we do every Thursday, 844-942-7866. And today, we are talking resumania because here's the deal. If you're a professional at some point in time, you're going to need a resume. And they haven't gone away, but surely they have changed a lot. Four to six seconds is all you're going to get. Maybe at one point in your life, you were worried about typos or you were worried about things that um, were superfluous like references available on requests and you're like okay I fixed all that I have I have a professional email address now and, and all of that's good but that's not enough that is not enough resumes have changed a lot and if you're applying online and going through an applicant tracking system that's a completely different resume altogether so while you may have fantastic experience you may have accomplishments out the wazoo you may have great education, certifications, all of this stuff, if the applicant tracking system weeds you out 
for things that are within your control, like formatting. Sometimes it'll weed you out because it wants a PDF and you put it in a Word doc. Sometimes it will weed you out because you put something in the wrong place and expected it to be somewhere else. These are silly, silly reasons to get weeded out, I know, but it's happening. So you are sitting there believing that you're going to get a call any day now And the fact is, your resume hasn't even reached human eyes. And here's what you should know. The fact is, 75% of resumes get weeded out by these applicant tracking systems before a human even sees it. So you may be thinking, this job is it. This is my dream role. I'm perfect. I have everything. And because you put something in all caps or because you used a resume template from Word, it just weeded you out because it didn't see what it needed to see. And that happens all the time. 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM 132. And we are taking your calls all hour long on Dr. Dawn on Careers. We're going to go to Monica in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the show, Monica. What's on your mind today? Hi there. Um, I am Monica from Dallas, and I own a personal concierge business. It's a professional organizing, which is my passion. And I've branched off also doing personal assisting in home management. Um, I currently, you know, have a flyer the past two years and, you know, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's too much. Um, and I, I mean, I definitely want to make sure to be, you know, getting the professional organizing clients and home management, but personal assisting kind of fills in the cracks. Um, so I'm kind of just wondering what you think about advertising and, and how I should make like my next flyer or, you know, so let me start with Monica. What is your passion? What is what is really drives you? What gets you excited? When you organizing, think- I, 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 organizing, and then just just my clients saying how satisfied they were with my services and how how relieved they are that I'm there. Uh, I'm such a big fan of organizing that like I I would I think I would love that job as well. And I see, yeah, yeah I mean, I just I love it. Um, you probably look around the world and you could just see how oh so many things could be so much better if they were just organized. Yeah, yeah it's functional. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure your clients love that. So here's the thing: I get that the personal assistant piece has been filling in for, you know, you probably have uh, an idea about what you need to make and you have bills and all of those things. But my question to you, Monica, is what if, what if you really put 100% into the part of the business that you love? Do you think there are ways that, that you can put the personal assistant part aside and focus 100% on what your passion is? I mean, I yeah, I could. I could. Because I feel like there might be like a little bit of fear that that having that safety net could be useful. Um, but sometimes that fear holds you back and causes you to to somewhat dual brand. And of course, people need per- personal assistance, too. And they're going to say, great, you can do all of this. However, I feel like if that's not the part of the business that you love, why why water that plant when you really want that organizing. So a couple of thoughts I have. Um, do you have any kind of partners or people you refer to within your network? Uh, not specifically, no. Because one of the things that can really help you focus on the part of your business that you love is finding people who do the personal assistant work and love it and 
recommending when when one of your clients says, oh, do you do personal assisting? Saying, no, but I have this fantastic person who does. and Or maybe you have a, a handful of people who do. And then having those people refer their organizing clients back to you. So finding those people who love the personal assisting side and then creating this this essentially referral network where you can hand off the personal assisting to them and they can hand out the organizing to you. So you're both growing your business and you're both focusing on the things you love. And the best news okay. is, is you're, you're both satisfying your clients. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I, I just don't know anybody like me. I, I, w- I would love to meet someone because I would love to add people onto my company because I am growing. Um, but I just have not met someone that's like me, just driven, honest, um, yeah. I will say it's very hard. I know a lot of people who, who do resume work or do career coaching, and they say the same thing, that it's really difficult to find somebody I trust because you're talking about your brand, Monica. You're talking about if somebody doesn't follow up or somebody doesn't do a good job, your brand that you've worked so hard to build is going to be marred by that, and I completely get that. And I've actually been burned by that myself, so I, I'm hearing you on that. But maybe if the personal assistant side isn't what you really want to do, you can start there and and find people who do the personal assisting so that you can pass that part off, which isn't really your passion anyway, and then you can really focus on the organizing and you can grow your business that way. So you kind of have a cadre of people. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I get it. It's really difficult when you love what you do, when you know you're really good at it and you want to grow to pass that off to somebody. And maybe maybe you don't. Maybe you continue to do the organizing, but you pass off some of the more administrative work to somebody. So so you hire a personal assistant okay. to help with your marketing or your social media or your billing. And those things coming off your plate can help you focus more on the actual work that you love. So maybe that's a different way to grow your business. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Now, what do you think about me just protecting myself with, um, if I hire someone on with my company? So here's, when you say protecting, you're talking about legal or you're talking about brand? What do you? Uh, yeah, yeah, just brand. And I mean, you know, I wouldn't want to take someone on and then not be able to give them enough hours or something. And then how, you know, how am I going to be able to pay my bills, but then I've got to pay this other person's bills now. Yeah. So I would start small. I would find somebody who you trust and maybe initially it's, it's a college student or maybe a a friend's um, adult child who, who just is very responsible and looking to gain skills and looking for hours and can do this on a, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, you might have five hours a week. You might have zero hours a week, but this is what I'm going to do. And you start that way because then you can see, Hey, how much time, am I really saving and do the math is is this really worth it and I'm gonna tell you it is it is it is Uh it is because I'm betting that you you know the billing and all that stuff you're like "Eh, I could live without that um I want to get it done and so it'd be really useful to have somebody do that for you so you can focus on what you love and then once you start to get some time behind you six months you could say okay it looks like on average I'm I'm having somebody help me about five hours a week so maybe then you could say okay we're gonna we're gonna average five hours a week or you're gonna pay them monthly regardless of whether they do you know five hours a week or two hours a week and it all averages out so I think you need to start slow and get some data so that you don't feel so pressured that oh my gosh I have all this money going out but I don't know if that makes sense so start small test it out okay 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for giving us a call, Monica. 844-942-7866. We wish you all the best with your business organizing. I love that. Oh, that that would be my other career, Dion, I think, if I if I wasn't doing this. I love to organize. Speaking of organizing, we're going to go to our pre-break quiz. quiz. Dion's laughing at me. He's like, what does that have to do with There's organization? It doesn't. It's just structure. It's structure for our show, Dion. That's what it is. Okay, so if getting more exercise is on your list of resolutions for the new year, which for many it is, you'll want to hear the answer to this quiz question. Doing this while on your couch can burn as many calories as a 30-minute walk. Doing this while on your couch can burn as many calories as a 30-minute walk. If you think you know, give us a call at 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. Sirius XM 132. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Careers, 844-942-7866. Hey, if you've got a question, we're doing Resumania all hour long. LinkedIn resumes, still very important part of your career. And with passive hiring on the rise, you need to be able to be found for the work that you want to do. So still important, even if you're not in a job search right at this moment, to make sure that you have invested time to make sure you're on brand in your resume and LinkedIn. So let's go back to that mailbag question, Dana, that we we were talking about earlier and answer that. Yes. So Anne from Colorado wrote in and said, I gave an eight-day notice instead of a two-week notice when I left my last job. I was only there for three months. Long story short, I left because it was an extremely toxic environment. Should I put this job on my resume or should I just leave it off? I have been at my current job for two and a half years and all of my other jobs I worked for over three years. Yeah, so this is a great question. Here's what I'm going to say to you, Anne. First off, it was several years ago. You've had other jobs since. It was a blip. No need to put it on the resume. But let me explain why. Because resumes today are much more targeted and tell a story. And that story should be aligned with how you're a great candidate for where you're going. So because of that, if you look at anybody's resume who does a good job with their resume, it looks like a complete, linear, well-thought-out career path where for most of us, myself included, we've had diversions, we've accepted a job that after three months didn't work out, or maybe we wanted to try our hand at at going independent for a few years and then we decided we wanted to go back or there's a number of things that we all do in our career that we learn from but may not have a place on your resume so think about it this way don't think about it as hiding information or leaving information off but what I would rather you do when you look at your resume is ask yourself this does this 
tell a story about how I am going to be a fit for this next role or for the industry I'm pursuing? Does this resume show how I'm going to solve the pain points of the hiring managers? Because the fact is, a hiring manager is looking for somebody who's going to come on board hungry, who has the the basic skills to do the job and make him or her look good and be a fit for the team. The rest of it, they don't really care about. They don't care that you've been on a job for three months. And if you put it on there, What you're going to do is you're going to raise a red flag and you're going to end up having a conversation about why you were there and and it's going to feel uncomfortable and defensive and perhaps cause the hiring manager to be concerned about something that honestly we've all done. We've all made a mistake, accepted a job that wasn't a good fit. We've all taken a detour in our career. Maybe we had we got laid off. Maybe we, um, you know, our boss changed and we didn't get along with that new person. There's so many things. If you have years of experience that you probably have in your background, but have nothing, nothing to do with your next job. So think about your resume as this. What do I want to keep on that is going to show that I have the skills to do this job? And if it doesn't, then chances are you leave it off because it's a detour and that four to six seconds might get sucked up on that one thing that you don't want them looking at. Hey, thank you so much, Anne, for writing in with your mailbag questions. Do you have a mailbag question? You can tweet at Dr. Don Graham or you can send um, me an email through LinkedIn. That works as well. But do please remember, if you link in with me, put a personal message in so I know where you heard me. And that will increase your chances of people linking linking in with you, no matter who you're linking in with. Hey, 844-942-7866. It is Resumania, and we're talking all about resumes and LinkedIn. So if you haven't tended to yours in a while, this might be a good show for you to pick up the phone and call us. So a couple other tips I have on resumes of things that I've heard recently in my coaching that I want to pass along to you as a listener. First off, um, think about this. Think about how jobs get to the internet. I want you to think about this because a lot of people put together a resume to apply to jobs online. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. But what I am saying is that should not be your primary focus if you are in a job search. If you're in a job search, I would say a couple of things. Yes, you need to get your resume in order. Sure, there might be a few jobs you apply to online, but you really want to focus on getting your LinkedIn profile to be as targeted as possible to your plan A and your resume as targeted as possible, which might mean leaving things out. But applying online, I have to go on a little bit of a soapbox here because think about how jobs get filled. Think about how you've filled jobs in your company or what you've seen going on at your company. Chances are if an opening is coming up, the first thing you do as a hiring manager is look around and see who's in your network and see if there's anybody you know and trust who you could put into that position. That's usually the first. The second thing might be to look around your your larger organization and see if there's somebody who maybe understands the company or who understands the culture that you're working in. Or maybe you ask your, your friends or colleagues if they have a recommendation. Because let's face it, people you trust and you know can show up and be reliable is so much less of a headache than someone who maybe has a perfect resume but also has a lateness issue or you know add myriad of challenges here so that's how people look for jobs if that doesn't work they may post internally 
to their company. If that doesn't work, they may post through their company website, which makes it public. But it would only be accessible to people who are maybe going to that website. And if that doesn't work, this is when it gets to the big job boards. And why this is important is because I want you to ask yourself a question. I want you to ask yourself, what types of jobs make it through all those hurdles and get to the big job boards? Because if you think they're the, the most interesting, the most creative, the, the fastest growing, the highest paid, chances are they're not. Because chances are those jobs are being scooped up way before they make it to that outer ring of the big job board. So think about that. And when you're, you're thinking, I don't want to network or I'm not really feeling it of updating my LinkedIn, do you want the highest paying the most interesting, and the most exciting jobs because those are often getting scooped up. The other thing that I hate to say about big job boards because it's obviously not universal, but it's it probably happens more than you think, is that a number of companies, yours probably included, post jobs when they already know they have an internal candidate. They've already identified somebody who they they know and they trust and will, will 99% get the role, but because of legal reasons, they need to post the job so that they make it look like a fair process. But the fact is, that internal candidate will always get the job. Like, always. So, what sucks about this is here you are, a hungry, skilled, accomplished person who is looking for a job, find the perfect one online, apply, probably go through several interviews, and then nothing because they hire the internal person. And, and they may never tell you why. So then you feel like, was it my resume? Was it my interview skills? What did I do wrong? And the fact is you did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. So, so do look at 2020 as an opportunity to network because a lot of those great opportunities are scooped up way before they get to the online job boards. And we want you to have those great opportunities. We want you to have the best, highest paid, most fun jobs. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. Maybe we should answer our pre-break quiz, Dion. (laughs) You said you knew the answer. Did I? I thought you did. I, I don't know if I said that. You had a confident look on your face, so... I always look confident. That's true. That's true. You do. That, that is a good trait. That is a good trait. Fake it till you make it. I love it. So doing this while on your couch can burn as many calories as a 30-minute walk. Now, do you have to do it for 30 minutes? <laughs> it's I mean, PG-13, Dion. I know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where I was going. If it's a 30-minute walk, do you have to do this activity for 30 minutes also? Or is it like that's a good question? If, if I'm if, if if I'm doing it like for five minutes, is the equivalent of a thirty minute walk? Yes. So I don't know the answer <laughs> to that. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't have that level of data. But that is a very very good question. So since it's uh, since, since it says walk, I'm going to go with legs, and I'm going to say calf raises. No. <laughs> no, but. Um, I can give you a hint because your question is valid and fair, and I could say it is really actually nothing to do with physical movement. No, of course not. <laughs> so it's a little deceiving, which is why I loved it as a question. So does that change your answer? Is it, is it like thinking really hard or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit on my couch for 30 minutes and think, think really, really hard. hard. I love that. I love that. Everybody try that. Let me know how that works. It's It's not, but... 
But you know, am, am I am I close? You're you're getting closer. You're getting closer because it's, it's not physical. Like what could it be, right? That's why I went with thinking really hard. Yeah, yeah. So you burn, you burn calories thinking really hard. I think that's true. Squinting. <laughs> that's physical. That's physical. Uh, Dana, I would have to. We gave you a lot of hints. <laughs> Did <I> mean, we? <laughs> Did we really? I I think it's nursing. Oh, that's interesting. That's, that's I mean, it's wrong apparently, but I think <laughs> I think that maybe it's also right. I mean, I, I think actually I would venture to say nursing burns a lot more calories than a thirty-minute walk, way more. So, but I will give you another hint. It's something that anybody can do. Well, it's not nursing. <laughs> it's not nursing. <laughs> Chewing gum. No. Um, That's another good one. I'm going to give you another good one. It's a certain it's, kind of tea. It's very dawn. It's very dawn. I get, <gasps> Meditating? No. Well, that's not thinking really hard. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> not thinking at all. Thing. <laughs> um, you said, okay, so it's not physical. Nope. It's not thinking really hard. Nope. And it's something that's very dawn. Very dawn. Oh. Very, very dawn. Yeah. Um... What do you do? <laughs> it's funny. After five years, we don't know each other at all, Dion. At all. At all. It's, how is that possible? I, I have no idea. I, I have no idea. I, I think we have somebody on the phone who might want to venture a guess. Good afternoon, Dr. Dawn. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Do you have an answer That's for my pre- pre-break quiz? I will say it is sleeping. Ooh, sleeping. Um, what bring, Why do you say sleeping? Uh, because the other two have been eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's Process- the only one I've got left. Process of elimination. All right. All right. It is, it is not sleeping. And, oh. but, but you should know. You should know if you listen to my pre-break quizzes, there's usually more than one right answer, just not the answer I'm looking for. But okay, no problem. But but you know that is actually it's much better than going for a thirty minute walk is taking a nap. And naps are great. Naps are great. I'm going to give you the answer. Um, uh, research by the University of Westminster reveals that watching adrenaline inducing movies such as horror flicks <laughs> can burn an average of 113 calories, about the equivalent of what will be melted during a 30-minute walk. The scarier the movie, the more calories burned. When you said watching, I thought it was going to be really specific. I thought you were going to say watching Twilight Zone. No, no. Do you like do you like horror, uh, horror movies, Junie? I do not, so I should have been watching Jason instead of going to the gym. Yeah, there you go. Or to double benefit, get on the treadmill while, while watching Friday the 13th. Yeah, double down. Double down and burn double calories. Yeah, yeah. so... So, so apparently this is true. If you want to burn calories, the scarier the movie, the more calories burned. And so my other question would be, you know, what are some of the scariest movies? Well, I did some research. Obviously, it depends on what gets your adrenaline pumping. So do you like jump scares, chase scenes, critters, suspense, ghosts, zombies? I mean, what is it that really gets you? Um, what do you think, Junie? What, what would be the scariest to you? The scariest for me is um, anything that deals with ghosts and ghosts. their ability to just bounce out and surprise you. Um, I'm from the Caribbean originally, and I used to pass a cemetery while going to Boy Scouts. And there were so many 
terrible stories about ghosts jumping out of their tombs. And so that stuck with me all through these years. And so anything that has to do with ghosts jumping out and going boo scares me just a little bit. Ghosts jumping out and scaring you um, going boo. So, yeah. So some of the I might recommend then for you while you're on the treadmill. Um so some of the movies that I really like around around jump out scares are Sinister. That has a lot of jump out scares. Um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street is a it's it's a classic, and I feel like you know while Freddy Krueger is technically not a ghost, I feel like it, it would count. So that's what no, I'm gonna. That's more of a comedy because like Freddy a tells comedy. Freddy tells jokes while he while he's like you know doing his thing. Yeah, bad jokes. Bad jokes. Okay, in the eighties, it was a good movie. Um, <laughs> I like, I like, you know, Exorcist might be good. This isn't Ghost, but Jaws. I'll tell you, that's the first movie I saw. I was probably about six years old when I saw it in the theater, and I to, to this day. In the in the same uh, realm of Jaws, yeah. birds. Oh, birds. Birds, yeah. Birds. Again, birds too. Not so much, but birds. No, anything too. Not so much. <laughs> pretty much. No. All right, Junie, thank you so much for giving us a call. We already know what your new fitness plan is. Horror movies while on the treadmill. You'll be burning lots of calories in 2020. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Don on Careers, and we're going to go to Brian in Toronto. Welcome to the show. It's on your mind today, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Of course. Hi. Um, so my question is about LinkedIn, since that was uh, kind of a uh, talking point earlier. I, I recently started a podcast, and it's very specific. I'm just wondering uh, what you would suggest as uh, some ways to leverage LinkedIn to get the word out there and, uh, I guess, increase my uh, listenership. Yeah, so so great. Do you want to share what your podcast is about? Uh, absolutely. Like I said, it's very specific. It's it's my field, so it is, uh, it's about healthcare security. Okay, healthcare security. So so when you're talking about healthcare security, you're talking about, like, tech stuff, uh, not at all. So it's actually like physical security. So oh. uh, security department that would, that would protect the facility. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's always very specific. So awesome. So here's a couple of things, uh, ways you can use LinkedIn to um, to build your podcast. One, the more first level contacts you have, the more second level contacts you have, and that's a great way to grow your network. So make sure that you look at the businesses that would find this information helpful and valuable and make sure you're connected to them, you're following them, you are connected to people who work in those organizations because those are going to be the people who are going to be most interested. Plus, they likely have people in their network who are also interested in this field. Another popular thing that's been happening on LinkedIn is tagging people who are in the field when you post something so that it shows up in their feed. I'm not sure I love that idea, but I know a lot of people have said it works. And the reason I don't love it is because to get tagged on something that, you know, is not maybe an article you wrote or something might be a little bit frustrating. So you kind of need to use that with a grain of salt. But I know a lot of people say that's one of their go-tos. The other thing is people now love, love, love live 30-second videos. So LinkedIn now has a feature where you can do this right from your phone or from you know whatever device you use and you could post it right away so this might be a great way for you to do a snippet it might be a great way for you to just put something um, out there hey my podcast my new podcast is coming out but people want to engage and what the, the there's so many podcasts out there Brian there's two things that are really important the niche which you have and getting to that audience but the other is people really want 
to know who you are as the podcaster. So so sharing some personal things about you, why you're an expert, um, th- this is going to help people get more engaged into what you do. So I think those are some of the things that can help you to promote that podcast. And then certainly asking people for ratings on wherever you post it, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever, is, is also going to help. And it's hard sometimes to ask people for that. But if somebody reaches out and says, hey, I love this, this has been really great, then it's it's one of those door openers where you could say, you know, thank you. That means so much. I love putting this information out. It'd be really helpful if you can write a review or a testimonial or, um, you know, put something out there so that other people in this field can learn more to, about it. Thank you so much, Brian, for calling Dr. Dawn on Careers. We are here every Thursday as your personal career coach. So if you have a question, you can always call us at 844-942-7866. And I have to do a quick speed round because we love the speed round. And of course, it is on resumes. So a couple of quick things you want to do for your resume for 2020 is first off, make sure all of your jobs have results. This, if, if it starts with responsible for, chances are it follows that is a job description and not a an accomplishment. So always, always what I say is do punchline first. What I mean by punchline first, what is the most important part of the phrase? Is it that I contacted clients and in the end resulting in 20% increase in business? No, no, no. That 20% increase in business is the most important thing. So you kick off the bullet with that. Increase business by 20% by contacting clients and doing X. So I think that is my number one tip. Has to be about how what you're doing adds value to the bottom line. And regardless of whether your job is quantifiable in a traditional sense, like a sales role, you are contributing because you would not be getting a paycheck otherwise. So think about how the work you do impacts that bottom line because it does and make sure that's on your resume or profile hey you've been listening to dr dawn on careers we're here every thursday as your personal career coach on sirius xm 132 you can also follow me on twitter at dr dawn graham where you can post questions that we can read on air or check out my website dr dawn where there's a lot of free information to help you have a successful career in 2020. Thank you so much to our listeners, our callers, Dion and Dana, and we will see you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.